Namaste, hello and welcome. You're listening to Stories of India Retold and I'm your storyteller Nivi, back from a brief break with stories from India. Today's story is a Kannada folk song called Govina Hadu, Govu meaning cow and Hadu meaning song. The title translates to The Song of a Cow. It is also known as Punyakoti Akhate or Punyakoti's story. Punyakoti being the name of the cow who is the lead character of the story. Based upon a story in Mahabharata, this beautiful soul-stirring song has been part of Kannada folklore for thousands of years. Like me, if you grew up in the state of Karnataka, then you too have either heard the song or the story or even heard references to the power of truth in the story of Punyakoti. Today's story is based on the song Govina Hadu as retold by B.M. Srikantaya, who is a translator, author and writer of Kannada literature. I would not claim this to be a translation per se. However, I have tried to remain as close to the song as possible, only adding a few notes and details here and there to make things clearer or more relevant. ಧರಣಿ ಮಂಡಲ ಮಧ್ಯದೊಳಗೆ ಮೆರೆವು ದೈವತ್ತಾರು ದೇಶದಿ ಇರುವ ಕಾಳಿಂಗನೆಂಬ ಗೊಲ್ಲನು ಪರಿಯ ನಾನೆಂದು ಪೇಳುವೆನು ದ ಸಾಂಗ್ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ಸ್ ದಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಒರಿಜಿನಲಿ ಇನ್ ಕನ್ನಡ ಅ ಲ್ಯಾಂಗ್ವೇಜ್ ಸ್ಪೋಕನ್ ಇನ್ ಸೌತ್ ವೆಸ್ಟ್ ಇಂಡಿಯಾ ಅ ಶಾರ್ಟ್ ಔಟ್ ಟು ಆಲ್ ಮೈ ಫೆಲೋ ಕನ್ನಡಿಗಾಸ್ ಔಟ್ ದೇರ್ ಐ ವಿಲ್ ಟಾಕ್ ಅ ಲಿಟಲ್ ಮೋರ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ದ ಲ್ಯಾಂಗ್ವೇಜ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಲೇಟರ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಪಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ನಾವ್ ಲೆಟ್ಸ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಹೆಡ್ ರೈಟ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ದ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ So, this is a story about a cow named Punyakoti who inadvertently crossed paths with a very hungry and fierce tiger named Arbhuta. There is a land called Karnata consisting of 56 regions and here lived a cow herd named Kalinga. Kalinga along with his much loved herd of cows lived near the forest each morning he woke up early and after a bath in the nearby river he dressed himself in clean clothes he sat under the shade of the mango tree nearby passing the day pleasantly playing melodious tunes on his flute when it was time kalinga got ready to milk his cows he had great affection for them and if you're familiar with rural india you know people name their cows with endearing names kalinga was no different he had named all his cows and when he called on them he did so lovingly calling them each by their name come over ganga come over gauri and you too tungabhadra and kamadenu punyakoti and punyavahini hearing kalinga's familiar voice filled with love and adoration the animals rushed to him to do his bidding kalinga milked the cows and as always his pots quickly filled to the brim afterwards kalinga herded the cows towards the forest slowly the cows made their way in the forest surrounded by mountains and lush vegetation they found the perfect patch between the valleys to graze meanwhile not too far from where the cows were grazing and unbeknownst to them a ferocious tiger named arbhuta 
lived in a cave in the foot of the mountains. It had been seven long days since Arbutha's last meal. Faced with unbearable hunger, Arbutha prowled the mountains around his cave, desperate for his next meal. The predator Arbutha sensed the presence of the herd of cows nearby. He quickly made his way to where the cows were grazing peacefully. With a ferocious roar, Arbutha lunged towards the cows, startling them into action. They scattered away, quickly putting as much distance between themselves and the starving tiger as they could. All but one cow remained. Oblivious to the frantic escape of the other cows, a cow named Punyakoti was walking slowly, her mind on her young calf waiting for her back in the barn. Relief coursed through Arbhuta when he saw the defenseless cow. He was finally going to break his fast. Arbhuta walked to stand in front of Punyakoti, securing his hunt. I'll slit your skin with my claws and slice your body open, Arbhuta threatened Punyakoti with a roar. Punyakoti knew at once that there was no escape. Can you grant me one last wish? A terrified Punyakoti pleaded with Arbhuta. My young calf is waiting for me in the barn. Would you let me return to my calf for a few minutes? I would like to feed him one last time and then I shall return right back to you. Do you take me for a fool? Arbuta scoffed. Why would I let go of a meal I caught whilst I am suffering from hunger? And why would I believe you would return to me once I let you escape? Let the Trimurtis be my witness. I promise you I will be back. I swear on the sun and the moon, I shall return back to you. I swear on Mother Earth, I shall return. Punyakoti pleaded and convinced Arbuta. With an assurance that she would not break her promise, she left to see her child one last time. As soon as Arbuta agreed to let her go, Punyakoti rushed back to the barn. She searched for her beautiful son in the barn and when she found him, she immediately fed him her milk. When her son was done drinking, she warned him about the dangerous tiger prowling the mountains. She instructed him to be cautious and told him to avoid wandering or grazing around that area. With a heavy heart, she explained to him what had happened and what she must do now. Don't go, Amma, her calf told her. You don't have to go. No one will blame you. Others in your position would decide not to go back, the calf reasoned. Punyakoti told her son she would not break a promise she had made in good faith. It wasn't right and she would not stand for it. The following lines are, I believe, the most relevant lines in the story. Satyave namatai tande, satyave namasakala balaga, satyavakya kitapidare, achuta harimechanu. Truth to me is our mother and father, truth is our relative and friend. Would the Lord Vishnu like it if I disregard such a relationship? But if you're gone, whose milk shall I drink, Amma? The distressed calf asked. Who will I live with? Who will I sleep next to? And who will raise me? Punyakoti looked around her slowly and called out to all the other cows, her friends, all of whom she had grown up with. 
My son will be an orphan soon. Please look after him like he is your son, she told them. Please be patient with him. Treat him like your own. Take care not to bump into him or kick him whilst he is walking next to you. With that, Punya Koti said her final goodbye to her beloved son. I am sorry I have to go, she told him as she enveloped him in a tight hug. You will be orphaned, I know, but as a prey, I have to pay both our debts to the tiger. She explained one last time, willing her son to understand. She released her son and left to go back to the cave where death awaited her. On her way to the cave, she stopped over at the holy lake to take her last bath. From there, she walked to the cave to face the tiger yet again. Arbuta was taken aback with surprise when he heard Punyakoti calling out for him and he found her standing by the entrance of his cave. I am back. My flesh and blood are now all yours to feed on. Feed on me well and live contentedly, Punyakoti told Arbuta. Punyakoti's words and actions moved Arbuta to tears. He was shaken by her bravery and honesty. He struggled with feelings of guilt and doubt over killing Punyakoti as he felt a kinship with the truthful cow. How can I hunt someone I have so much admiration for? It feels to me like she is my kin. It wouldn't be right. The Lord Vishnu will never forgive me if I harm her, Arbuta thought to himself. I can't kill you, Arbuta declared. You are my kin and it is impossible for me to kill you. I have nothing to gain by eating you. I would rather give up my own life at your feet than harm you. Why would you not eat me? Why do you want to die instead? You are hungry and I am your prey. Eat me and satisfy your hunger. That is the way of things. Yet again, Punyakoti's wise and selfless words moved Arbutha to tears. He looked around him in contemplation. He was distressed because even though he was suffering from acute hunger, the prospect of killing Punyakoti felt like a crime to him. In that moment, he felt terrible about the position he was in. He walked to the edge of the mountain, prayed to the Lord one last time, and leapt up into the sky and down the mountains to end his life. Satyave Bhagavanta Nemba Punyakoti Akateidu this is the story of Punyakoti, who believed in truth as her god. It's time to discuss the story some more. Not much is known about the exact time and author of this beautiful song. Each stanza in Govinahadu has four lines and it comprises of 18 stanzas in total. A brief note about the language Kannada. As I mentioned before, Kannada is a language spoken predominantly by the people of Karnataka, a state in southwest India. With over 57 million speakers, it is one of the 22 languages that has been recognized as scheduled or official languages by the Constitution of India. 
Linguistically, it is classified as a classical Dravidian language. Oral tradition of Kannada language is said to have started even before 3rd century BCE. Its history is usually defined as follows. Kannada used between 9th century is called Purva Halaganada or Pre-Old Kannada. Then came Halaganada or Old Kannada which was used between 9th to 11th centuries. Naduganada or Middle Kannada was used between 12th to 17th centuries after which it evolved into the present day modern Kannada that we speak. This song is not in Hossa Kannada or modern Kannada. Even though we don't have an exact date for the origin of the song, it is generally believed to have been from around 1800. So my assumption is that it is in Naduganada or Middle Kannada. The story of Punyakoti is also told in Telugu folklore, which is another beautiful language from south of India. That is about the language. Now, in the story, when Punyakoti promises to Arbhuta that she would return, she references the Trimurtis. The Trimurtis, three meaning number three, and Murtis meaning forms in Sanskrit. So the three forms are the trinity of Hinduism, Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwara or Shiva, who are considered responsible for the functions of creation, maintenance and destruction of the cosmic world respectively. It is a concept that spread in the post-Vedic religion. This is one example of how devotional concepts can be seen fused in Indian traditional folk music. It is said that the story is based upon and inspired by a story found both in Mahabharata and Skanda Purana. In Mahabharata, the story is said to have been told by Bhishma to Yudhisthira. Even though the characters of the story are animals, the story was meant to convey that even humans had to adhere and live by the values of truth and honor. When I was a child and my mother told me the story, I remember being most affected by the scene where Punyakuti tells her child that she had to leave and her calf asks her not to go. And now, years later, when I shared this story with my son, his focus was entirely different. He asked me why the tiger let the cow go. He wasn't happy with the ending because he felt that the tiger was a predator and that was in his nature and so why should he be apologetic about it? Well, I think he's right. However, this is a story and they don't have to follow reason or logic. And there is a message to convey and as humans often do, we all take from it what we want. My understanding of the story has also evolved over the years and this is how I understand it presently. The cow and tiger have their own realities, the cow being the prey and the tiger being the predator. They understand their roles well. As far as the ending of this story goes, the cow's death as a prey or the tiger's death as sacrifice, either ending is violent. I don't think the point of the story is to decide which ending would have been better or to prove that violence that the predator tiger would have used towards its prey was unethical. I think the point is that the kind of approach the character Punyakoti had towards truth and honesty 
and the fact that she refused to compromise her values even in the face of death inspired Arbhuta to give up violence, even when it meant it would not benefit him. Truth and honesty ought to be our dharma. That is what I think the story conveys. That was today's episode. You can find the resources used for the episode on the blog storiesofindiaretold.com. You can also read the stories on the blog. I would love to hear if you loved the story as much as I do and if it was part of your childhood as well. Leave me a comment on the blog Stories of India Retold or find me on Instagram at Stories of India Retold. You can find the links on the podcast and blog websites, which you will find in the episode description. The Stories of India Retold podcast is available on most podcast apps and you can find the apps listed in the podcast website. Comments, likes, subscriptions are always appreciated. Please help me spread the word about this podcast. It's almost nearing 1000 downloads and I'm so excited about it. I appreciate you listening and hope to see you here again next time. Dhanyavada. Thank you.